Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, Steffi interviews Ashley Mizell for our new series on parenting in America. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Right away, you guys are going to notice that this is a little bit of a different episode in that Megan is not here recording with us tonight. Uh, She wasn't feeling super great this evening, so it's just going to be me and our lovely guest tonight. So to that end, we are going to hop right into the interview. Uh, This week, we're launching a series called Parenting in America. I was taking a road trip not too long ago, spent several hours in the car by myself thinking about life as one does, and I was thinking about how even though it is 2021, a lot of times when we think of parents and parenting, our first thought is of a heterosexual, able-bodied, neurotypical married couple parenting their biological, able-bodied, neurotypical kids. But that doesn't leave a lot of room for all of the many, many people who fall outside of that box. And so in this series, we're going to talk to parents who fall outside of that description about their experience of being parents in this country. So to kick off the series, we are welcoming Ashley Mizell. She's a mom of three, and she's going to talk about what it's like to be a disabled parent. Welcome, Ashley. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. I'm so excited for this interview. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a mom of three little boys. I used to be a photographer, and now I share my story on social media about how sarcoidosis took over my vision. You were a mom before you lost your vision. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about becoming a parent and the early years of parenting for you? So when I became a mom, it was about a year after I got married. I was so scared. I was 22 when I first got pregnant. I had no idea and still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think that's the key about parenting is that you, you never really know. Yes. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yes, absolutely. And in those early years, that's when I changed my whole perspective and understanding on my parents' love. I always loved and appreciated my mom and dad, but I didn't really understand their love until the birth of my own. I had two boys before I lost my vision. They're 14 months apart. Uh, We used to go everywhere together. We'd have like mommy and son dates. We'd go on random car rides, driving around, or just going around the lake and singing. When you got sick and you lost your sight, which was pretty sudden if I'm, if I am remembering correctly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, all of this happened very suddenly. You got sick, you just developed scar tissue in your eyes, you lost your vision. And 
two of your boys, again, were old enough to kind of be aware of what was happening. Maybe not to the degree of being able to like fully comprehend everything, but they knew like mommy is sick and stuff yes. like that. So can you talk about what it's it was like explaining to them, you know, that you were sick and now you have this completely life-changing disability, life-changing not just, you know, for you, but for your whole family? Yes. So... I didn't really explain it at first. Uh, my boys were the ones that witnessed it all firsthand when I was driving them to kindergarten and pre-K. But now when we talk about it, they understand it's a disability, but it doesn't define who their mom is. Joey, on the other hand, he's my three-year-old. He doesn't fully understand as much, and he's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like all toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> As a parenting, parenting a toddler, I say they're all they're all a little crazy. It's, oh my it's gosh, go. yes, <laughs> he can play tricks on me too. He's like, oh, I know my mom can't see, so I'm just gonna draw all over the wall right here, and she's never gonna notice until Dad oh walks gosh. in and sees it. Or oh my gosh, what a turn! <laughs> yes, his favorite is he'll be having a conversation with me, and last week he got in the peanut butter and spread it everywhere while he was having a normal conversation with me, and I'm like. How did I not hear you doing this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're going to have to watch out for that one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel I mean, I feel like that's often the case with the youngest when there's like 3 in the family. I feel like the youngest is always a little bit of a wild child, but uh you're really you're really Yes. Keep 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 a close uh, leash on him. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So you talk a lot on your social platforms about your disability and you talk a lot just about disability awareness and all that kind of stuff. And you've mentioned on your social platforms that people didn't think you could be an active mom after becoming blind. So I'd love for you to talk about that and how you responded to those people both in the early days of losing your sight and now. So there's so many people that have said, I shouldn't be a mom anymore, or I can't be a mom because of my disability. At first, I actually believe these people. I was telling myself the same thing. I started feeling sorry for myself, down and out, and then one day it just hit me. I'm still a mom, and I'm a really good one. So yeah. now I just tell all those people when they make those comments, just go follow my TikTok page, y'all. Like, you're, you'll see you're wrong. I might not yeah. be able to do everything the way I used to do it, but I can still do things. I just had to learn to do it in a different way. And yeah. technically, the only thing I can't do is drive. <laughs> right. Like, there's still so much that you can do. You know, it's interesting. Um, I So I recently binged all of Call the Midwife um, or everything that was on Netflix. And there's an episode in one of the later seasons um, where they, you know, one of the one of the pregnant mothers is blind and she has everyone around her except for the midwives really like telling her well you can't keep this baby you can't be a parent um and which even as watching while I was watching it I was like this is completely bananas like I understand it's just, you know the the show takes place in the 60s at this point and you know everything was very different back then but even then there I'm watching the show thinking with this, these fictional characters thinking this is bananas like she can totally learn how to be a parent she can totally still parent even though she can't see like she can figure it out and you know they can figure out accommodations for her and all of these things so the very fact that you had people like it's all the time 
Yes. I can't. It's so hard for me to fathom that, you know, you are a parent. You have these little boys. You are married. You have a great support system. And you still have people telling you, like, you shouldn't be parenting anymore. Yes. It's it's ridiculous. And I'm always just like, it's mind blowing to me, but that's why I try and share my story and bring awareness to this because a lot of people I feel like are just ignorant to this, you know, because before I lost my vision, I didn't really know what, what it was like, you know, like I wouldn't have paid attention. Like when you walk out of a store before you get to the, uh, to the very end to where you walk into the parking lot, those little bumps Mm -hmm. right there, that's Mm -hmm. for us to know like, hey, we hit those so we know we don't run into the street. I wouldn't have known that before I lost my vision. Right. So it's little things like that. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this again in a moment, but you know, ableism is just so endemic to our society. Like we live in an ableist society and like, Guys, if you are telling a disabled person that they shouldn't be a parent, I really need you to go check yourself right now. Yes. I need you to just go fucking check yourself yes. because that is absolutely absurd. It's bullshit um, is what it it's is. Bullshit. It's not, it's just not, it's not real life. <laughs> no, it's not. So, you know, I, I mean, and that's not to say that you didn't face challenges and you don't still face challenges, you know, as you were learning how to navigate, you know, both just navigate the world as a blind person, as a disabled person, and also learning how to parent. Um, So what are some of the biggest challenges that you face as a disabled parent here in America? Some of the biggest challenges I face as a disabled parent is basically just the lack of respect from other parents and people. I get talked down to and treated most of the time like a freaking child. It is so frustrating. I just wish people would sit back and watch how I do things and take tips versus criticizing why am I even trying. Like, I'm just trying to put in the effort for stuff and these people, there's just a lot of rude people out there. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of assholes. (laughs) There's a lot of assholes in the world. Um, So, you know, I I think that we all need to remember that, that disabled people are not, like, they are people. You're, they are adults. They're parents. They have jobs. They lead wonderful, fulfilled lives. So everybody needs to shut their faces. Um, your boys are in school now at this point. Um, so I know that you've talked a little bit on your platforms about sort of some of the, some of the interesting parts of navigating the American education system as a disabled parent. I mean, it is, it is a wild ride for any parent, but I imagine as a disabled parent, it is especially wild. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. So with the boys being in school, it's actually not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. We, we, we have great communication with our school and they've really went above and beyond to make sure I can still be involved. I even just sat up a photo booth for one of my son's fall parties and I got to take the photos. I had the students on one end of my cane and then I drop it down and click. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> yes. Like, cause that's what I did before I got sick and I would always yeah. be involved and go take pictures for everyone. And luckily the teachers still include me and make me feel so good. Like it's awesome. I put a video together of all the kids voices 
and I sent it to the parents and a lot of them were in complete shock. They were like, how can you even do this? And I'm like inside just laughing like, y'all, I used to be a photographer. Like photography was my passion. I don't want to miss out on this stuff just because I got sick and lost my vision. Right. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. You know, I also, um, you, so you use puffy paint to write and like take notes and stuff, which I think is so cool. I think that's a great just thing that you've, you know, started doing. Cause obviously you, so, you know, you got sick in 2019. That's just a few years ago. Like it's, it's not like you grew up reading Braille or anything like that. Um, and so, (laughs) right. Which, and like, Braille is a whole ass language, people. Like, Hell this is yes, not that shit is that you hard. Just pick up on right, like this is not like you're just gonna be like, mm, I'm just gonna figure it out. So you, you know, you had to figure out what was gonna work for you. And so puffy paint is like your BFF. So <laughs> yes. like how you know when you're like sitting there taking notes and you're with your puffy paint, like what are what are those some of those conversations that you have with teachers at the beginning of the year to say like, hey, you're gonna see me doing some stuff, just roll with it. So my third grader, he's in a different school and I don't really know the teachers over there or anything. And his teacher this year, she basically had no idea. I felt like how to handle somebody blind or whatever. Well, then she just like started watching me and paying close attention and just asking questions. And she was like, what can I do to help you? You know, like help you and your son be successful. And we started working together as a team and it's, it's working. Like I'm surprised that it's really working. The school is, they're great with communicating and they're very helpful with me. Some of the parents there, like we'll be in a meeting and <laughs> I'll have my puffy paint and you can definitely, I can feel the eyes on me, you know? Right. But yeah, puffy paint is my number one fan. Like my thing is sometimes I forget that I have to let it dry. So when I go to write or whatever, I'll be in school and it'll just like smear all down my arm. And I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Hope I didn't wear a new sweater today. Yes, pretty much. (laughs) Well, I think I think that there's a really great sort of nugget in what you just said uh, for if we have, you know, any teachers that we have listening, like, you know, your son's teacher she just said, what can I do to help you? Um, and you know, that they, your, your kids' teachers have included you and made you feel like, you know, seeing what you can do to be a part of class parties and all of these things. And so I think, you know, a, a great takeaway for anyone, any educators listening would be to ask, like, don't just assume yes. that if you have a disabled parent in your classroom that they can't help find ask and find out yes so my son he had his fall party and like I said I don't know anybody from his school or anything so of course I'm like asking to sign up and stuff and I don't hear anything back and I was assuming it's just because she knows I she doesn't want me in charge of it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um well then she sent an email out asking for helpers and I'm like me I want to help you know like sign me up and I was just sitting here thinking like man I don't feel like she picked me first because of my disability. You know what I mean? So I went in and I showed her what I could do. And at first she was like constantly watching over me, seeing what I was doing. But I finally was just like, I can do this. I am just like the other moms here. I can take care of my station. And 
I did, you know, like it's yeah. just got to communicate with these people and tell them like, and show them. I basically, once I can show them that I can do it, they don't care. You know what I mean? They, right. they'll leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> and what a great lesson for the kids to see you in there and to see like disabled people are people like she's just like the other moms like when your kids get older and they have friends over to their house like their friends are gonna see you that you parent just like their parents do in so many different ways and I mean I think that these are the things that are gonna help change our perspectives and our kids perspectives as they grow and help them see like oh like I do have a lot of like just in all of this ableism around me and how can I be a better ally to disabled people and see them as people? Yes, absolutely. I actually got an email earlier today because when I was at the party, I went in the hallway on and I was trying to walk back to the room and there was this girl down below on the floor and she was stacking up cups while I didn't see her there. And my cane accidentally hit all her cups over and they mm -hmm. fell over. And I was just like, I am so sorry. I didn't see you there. And I get down there and I'm helping her and everything. Well, I got an email today from a mom and she was like, I was just standing over in the corner watching you when that happened. And I couldn't believe that you were actually down there trying to find the stuff and put it back together for her. And I'm like, isn't that what you would do too? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you knock something over of somebody's, wouldn't you fix it? Right. You don't just say like, oh, sorry, sucks to be you. I'm yes. leaving. Bye. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> right. Um, like I said, like I said, so I think sometimes adults are the worst ones, right? Like kids. Yes. Kids go with the flow, and kids, and until they have learned otherwise from their parents, I think that kids just really are just inherently curious about the world and they are just so open and so <laughs> when I I go in and I share my story to the kids classes each year and the first mm -hmm. year I did it is when Bentley was in kindergarten and uh maybe it was Oliver's class somebody in the class goes does your mom walk around with the pool stick <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, y'all, I could not stop laughing. But it's just like, that's the innocence of a child right yeah. there, you know? Like, Absolutely. it was perfect. Oh my gosh, a <laughs> Oh my God, kids are amazing. Yes. What do you wish people knew about disabled parents? Basically, like, we still want to take our kids places, and we can still play with our kids. Like, every day I play catch with my boys. I'm on the trampoline, and I throw the ball by the sound of their voices, and then they yeah. throw the football back onto the trampoline. It's great. Like, we figured out yeah. a way to still play catch, but unfortunately, to a lot of people, someone like myself should just be, like, locked in their house. I've had so many people come up to me and say, like, I can't believe you go places with your kids by yourself. And I just want to be like, oh, my goodness, y'all. Like, I was going to say the same thing to you. I can't believe you're out and about with your kids at a splash park. <laughs> like, what the hell? What is going on? <laughs> like, people, seriously. Right. Because if you said that back to them, they would be like, what? Yes. But they don't even, they say, say stuff, they don't even think about how weird it would be to say it back. Right. Like, you don't want to spend all of your life locked in your house, never never leaving your house again. And 
you know, there are certain people, certainly people who have, you know, mobility issues and leaving the house is really tough for them. But like, that doesn't mean that that's, they should only be locked in their house. Like we sh- we've got to, we've got to create a world where people feel like they can come out and yes. play like- with their kids and figure out a way how they can jump on the trampoline and play catch with their kids. And like, all of this stuff but there this summer um I was stuck at home basically through quarantine the whole time because we did homeschooling with our boys so we were 17 months here and I I miss driving I miss going places and I'm like what can I do with my boys so I'm trying to google what's around here and there just so happened to be a splash park in a park that's like it's a little ways of a walk don't get me wrong But it's still doable, and I can do it on my own with my kids, and that's, like, that's huge independence. But when I go there, I've had so many people seriously just come up to me and say, are you sure you should be here alone? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, why can't I be here alone with my three kids? Right. Right. And, I mean, I'm sure, again, like, your kids are old enough that I'm sure that they know, like, okay, like, I can't, I can't just like wave at mom. She's not going to know that I'm waving at her. I have to say where I am or, you know, like they're, they're not, you're not letting, you know, your, you know, 18 month old run off without like out, out of your, you know, yeah. arms yes. or something. And like, everyone's always just like, how do you do it? Like, how do you know your kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing? And I just have to trust that. My husband and I did a, my husband and I did, we worked really hard to raise our kids to be really good kids and to grow up to be great men. And before I got sick, my kids, like they still knew right from wrong. So after I lost my vision, I wasn't really as scared because I knew everything we installed in our kids already that I knew that they already knew right from wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as scary as people make it seem like. Like, they're like, I can't believe you walk by yourself with them. And I'm like, it's not like they're going to run off from me. Like, they know not to. <laughs> right. Right. They know They know better than that. They know, like, okay, here's what I have to do to help mom know where I am. Yes. They had to grow up faster, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that is, I think that's true for a lot of kids um, in a lot of different situations. And, you know, as much as you, I'm sure you wish that that wasn't the case you have figured out how to deal you know yeah adapt. How to handle the cards that life dealt you yes so what are some things that sighted people can do for you just in general my main thing is basically y'all just treat us equal I feel like if we got treated like any other parent or just person in the world, our life would go so much smoother. Like it's already hard enough having a disability. We don't want to feel more excluded. So if there's ever a blind person out and about by themselves and they look like they need some help, like help them. I'm actually flying across country for the first time by myself and I'm really excited, but I know there's a lot of people out there like, there's a girl flying across country, she's blind, she's from Kansas, y'all. But it's like, I know I can do this. Um, I did it before I lost my vision, and I refused mm-hmm. to let my disease control my life. But I'm depending on the people like at the airport or wherever. Like, If you see somebody like myself standing there looking lost, come up and help us. Yeah. Like. 
I'm hoping I'm going to get help when I'm off by myself. (laughs) Right. I'm like, oh boy, can you imagine being in a whole nother state, like blind? Like I am kind of nervous. So it's like, okay, people out there, like, listen, learn. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I'm sure like, if someone were to ask you if you needed help and you didn't need it, I'm sure you would not bite their head off. I'm sure oh, you'd not be no. like, no, I don't need help. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you would just be like, no, I'm good. Thank you. So- yes. My only thing that drives me crazy is like, <laughs> I've had this happen a couple of times. A stranger's just come up and they'll just like grab my arm and they'll be like, oh, are you needed to go this way? And I'm like, no, oh, no. I'm not. Like, who no. are you? <laughs> Let's let's just like not touch people that we yes. don't know. Like let's not do that. I think I think maybe we've we've learned. Hopefully COVID has like yes. <laughs> gotten some of that out of us, but people don't touch people that you don't know. Don't do that. I know. I just <laughs> my husband's all the time. He's just like they don't know how you react, Ashley, cuz he knows do not grab her like that because she will right. just like snap back and I'm like, yeah. Not right. everyone's like you, Mike. Like <laughs> They don't see that crazy side of me. <laughs> just like comes up to me and is like like grabs my arm I'm also not going to react well yes (laughs) and I can see them so you know I I don't blame you for not not liking that very much (laughs) oh yeah oh my goodness so you know I mean our we have so many systems in America that just need some help um, I think that, I think that we all know this, um, especially if you're a listener to this podcast, you know how we feel about that. Um, but what are some ways that able-bodied people can support disabled parents in America? Like how, what are things that we can vote for? What are things that we can do on an individual level, um, just to like make your life better? So my thing is, is bringing awareness even to the white cane or service dog, Mm -hmm. Um, I have been so many places and so many people don't know what a white cane is. And it just, it shocks me because I'm like, you see somebody walking with a white cane, shouldn't you know to get out of their way? But there's so many people out there that have no idea. So I just wish people would talk about it more because when people don't talk about it, it makes experiences for my kids and I so much harder. We went to Worlds of Fun a few weeks ago, and when I walked up, this person was like, okay, go to 14, and I'm like, uh, what, you know? And they're like, go over to 14. I'm like, I'm blind, and they're like, oh, what? And I'm like, I have my three-year-old son with me, and they had no idea what to do with me. Like, they treated yeah. me like an animal. I was like, no, okay, never mind. Like, yeah, it's not going to work for me. So I contacted the company. I was like, can I come and talk to your employees? Like, we just need to educate people. Like, yeah. talking about this is going to make people's life, like myself, a lot easier. You know, I, I, I think that we, as a society, t- we, like, talk about disability in hushed tones. Yes. Like it's where we whisper about it. We don't, we don't speak about it loudly. They, they might know, then, then people might know that yes. people exist in this world. Like, and, and so I think that you make a great point. Like when we just talk about things, it makes them less foreign to us. Yes. We just need to normalize it. And that's what I'm always saying about with my kids and uh, their friends and stuff. Like if somebody's asking a question like, Hey, 
what's mom like what's your mom doing like what is that that she's holding you know like let's go have a conversation with them like Mm -hmm. let's educate them because the more people that are educated it's gonna be so much smoother yeah for sure yeah I mean I think I I think you know you see this of like because again like we said little kids have this just innate like curiosity and they just they ask these the funniest questions and so (laughs) you know I'm sure you've probably had kids you know see you in the grocery store and like say very loudly to their mom mom why is that lady got a cane and like the you know I'm sure the parents horrified or like yes there's so many times though I actually stop and get down to their level and I will just explain it because I know that that parent probably isn't going to because they want it to be hush hush because they are embarrassed or they're embarrassed because their kids didn't know and they spoke out like I'm glad their kids spoke out and said, hey, mom, dad, what's that lady walking around for? Why did she just run into a wall? (laughs) Like, (laughs) right, right. Because if they if they say, oh, don't ask questions. That kid's never going to learn. Exactly. So I always feel more comfortable just when that happens and I hear somebody, I just stop what I'm doing, get down to their level and explain it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. So if our listeners have, you know, they really connected with you, they want to learn more about their story. They want to follow with you. How can they do that? Y'all can come follow my TikTok page, blind underscore mama boys, my Instagram as well. And y'all can see my everyday life, just how I live. And if I'm going in for a second stem cell treatment to hopefully get some more vision back. I am so excited for you. I am, my fingers are crossed. Um, and you know, I love following you. I've, I've learned so much from you. I appreciate everything that you share. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us about, you know, what it's like to parent as a disabled person and, and how that has changed for you, um, since you lost your vision. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I am all about bringing awareness to the blind and visually impaired. (laughs) We, we love it. We love it. We love, we're, we're big on awareness around here. So, you know, each week we end out with something that's bringing us joy. So Ashley, what's bringing you joy this week? Who would ever think someone could get joy from work but i am (laughs) like y'all i have teamed up with some amazing companies and one of them is orcam and this past week i reached more people than i normally do and i got to show them how the orcam has helped people like myself for the blind and visually impaired um I've been able to show them how you can read your favorite books, enjoy the morning paper, recognize loved ones, shop independently, and so much more. And knowing I'm helping other blind and visually impaired people gain more independence because they may not have known about this device brings me so much joy and happiness because I know where I was when I first got sick. I was in that chair and the doctor was like, sorry, there's nothing else we can do for you. And I'm over here like, hey, I want to still read books to my kids. Like, I still want to be involved. I still want to check the mail. I still want to read the paper. And now I can. And because of this company, it's just, this company has done a lot for me. And I'm very appreciative for them being so helpful to the blind and visually impaired. So that's why I have so much joy in my life right now. (laughs) 
that. That's amazing. Um, yeah, guys, if you go follow Ashley on her platform, she talks a lot about the OrCam, and you can see her using it, and it's really cool. Um, and I love that technology has done, like, it's just, technology is cool. It is. Like, who would have thought that there could be a device out there that when somebody walks by, it could name who it is? Like you can program in my kids' faces and sometimes it's funny because it'll get them and they all look alike sometimes. (laughs) It mixes them up a little bit. (laughs) Yes. And it's so funny. So when Bentley had long hair, that was like the only time it would like get it all correct. And then when they all three shaved their heads, when my (laughs) sister-in-law got diagnosed with cancer and my mom, the Orcam just kept saying like the kid's name, like getting them all mixed up. I was like, yeah, you guys are triplets. (laughs) (laughs) but i just wonder like does joey look like my other kids though you know because i never i i've never seen what joey looks like now so when the oracam does that i always get a little giddy inside because i know what bentley and ollie looked like at the age of three so yeah i mean it's like it is a little bit of like helping you cope and healing it is giving you like a, a small piece of like vision back in that it's it's sort of showing you like oh yeah he does look like my yes and, and i know what they look like like that's really cool you have no idea that's one of my top things on that device because that feature it just makes me feel a little giddy inside because i can picture their little faces in my head <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh that makes me want to cry um that's amazing my my joy is a whole lot less wholesome um so megan and i took a road trip this uh last week to north carolina and one of our former guests brandy suggested we listen to a podcast called my dad wrote a porno (laughs) and it is it is a guy a british guy whose dad wrote an erotic novella and every episode he reads a chapter uh, and he's joined by two of his friends and it is so hilarious because they're just like interjecting the whole time it is like one of the like worst pieces of literature ever to grace the planet it is so hilarious and they're all british so like the accents make it extra (laughs) amazing it i there were multiple times where i thought we might wreck the car we were laughing so hard it was so it is excellent. So if you're looking for like, if you're looking for like some good smut yes. to listen to when the kids aren't around, girl, I, I am recommend. all about that. I'm like, <laughs> you guys have no idea on that social media. People listen to the end of my videos and they're like, so what's that swing for really in your room? And I'm like, or in the living room. And at the end of it, I'm just like the adult swing. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> But no, that's just where we, like, swing our three-year-old. We put a swing in there, and he swings and watches TV. Right. You're like, guys, this is, like, totally normal. But if you yes. want me to make it be weird, I'll make it be weird. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love it. Yeah, so, you know, if you're looking for uh, something very easily bingeable, because the episodes are pretty short. They're, like, 30-minute episodes because they're short chapters. But, oh, my gosh, they are so, so funny. So uh, You should check out In the Dark. It's about a blind girl. And it's on Netflix. There's three series, and it is so good. Like, I can't even describe it. And you guys can get more of, like, an 
when you listen to it, y'all can feel more of how someone like myself lives. And when I listened to it, it was so powerful. I did not feel alone. And it, I love it. I love how Netflix came out with it and put a blind girl on there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I just like, I just Googled and it, it says, and it describes the main character as an irreverent blind woman in her twenties. Yes. She <laughs> like, is the bomb. I love irreverent characters. Yes. This is great. I will definitely check this out. I'm always looking for something new to watch. So. You'll be addicted. Like we just finished season three and I'm like, I'm not a TV person because you know, I can't watch the TV anymore. So right. my husband actually went out and got us a TV that you like just hit a button and it speaks it to you. So it's like it's cool. so, the lady is walking into the room and sitting down at the table. Oh, <laughs> and wow. then the the story goes on. I'm like, so I can I can listen to TV a little bit now. Yeah. I mean, in that way it becomes a little bit like listening to an audiobook or something. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. It's been a joy to have you here. Yes, thank you. Seriously, this was so much fun. Missed you, Megan. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank you. Well, Thanksgiving is around the corner, and we are so ready. So next week, we'll be sharing all of our best tips and tricks when it comes to cooking your Thanksgiving dinner. In the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Bye.